1: Hello and welcome to another zero ducks given daily during the ashes and of course Stephen Finn isn't here because he's far too big time for us he doesn't care about us he doesn't care about you the listener it's worth mentioning as well but last time I did see him was in a pub in central London last night and he was in actually very very good form doing work for a rival podcast the final word he's I mean he'll go wherever the money is he's shameless He's heartless. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. But I'm here, and so is Daniel Norcross. And we've got an esteemed guest as well, haven't we, Daniel?
2: We have. We have. We've got none other than former England off-spinning, all-rounder legend and slightly, slightly sad Somerset man today. Um, His side were defeated by 10 wickets at Fortress Taunton by the current county champions and leaders of the LV County Championship, with 17 points over Essex, that was really okay, Dad. Okay. Where, Dad. When, it, when it all it all happened today, and I would like to spend um, seven of the eight minutes we got here talking about Surrey's win at Taunton, because it's an awful lot more interesting than the cricket we saw here. today. Uh, I'm very privileged to join you. The invitation was a shock,
0: albeit one that only happened about 90 seconds ago. It's a delight. To do that.
1: <laughs> Well, it's a pleasure to have you nonetheless, and it's nice to have a proper decent cricketer on this podcast for once, because normally we have Steve and Finn, so it's nice to have you here. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it, Daniel? Technically, there's still stuff up for grabs for this test, but as we discussed before it started, this should have been a feast, a cricketing feast, and instead, from the atmosphere I was gauging on my TV as well, it was a little bit flat today. England were bowled out for 283. To be fair, they did their basball. They scored at five and over. uh, And then Australia continued to ruin Test cricket by dribbling their way to 61 for one at the close of play. It was a weird sort of innings, a weird sort of scorecard from England. A few players got in. Nobody really did too much damage to the Aussie bowlers. What did you make of it, Daniel Norcross? Well, do you know... I uh,
2: thought, under slate-gray skies, a little bit of grass on the pitch, that this would be typically the time that those spawny bastards would win the toss. And they did. And I thought they'd put England in. And I thought that England would be so flat after the cult of basball had been given an irredeemable blow by the rain actually raining on them. Because don't forget, they're too lucky to be rained on. But it turned out not to be the case. I thought that maybe a little bit, you know, it'd be a, a bit like those cults which imagine that the end of the world is going to happen on a certain day at a certain time and then it doesn't actually happen and the entire bubble is burst. But um, it wasn't like that, was it? I mean, it was a fantastic opening partnership, really. I thought Ben Duckett charging down the wickets to Josh Hazlewood and slapping it back past him was really brilliant. Thought the first hour belonged to England. It was great to watch. But like with pretty much every day of Ball Toby, you're left thinking, well, that could have been a lot worse. And simultaneously, well, that could have been a lot better. And it sort of leaves you moderately irritable at the wickets that were given away. Five England batters were bold. And yet at the same time, you marvel at the impish wonder of Duckett, the, uh, the, the sort of extraordinary power of Brook, albeit he was quite lucky. There were a lot of drop catches today from Australia. And uh, a really good partnership towards the back end between Wood and Wokes. Broad does what he does every time, except when Ben Stokes is there and but he's just been stumped and he doesn't agree with it which is run away from the ball spoon a catch when he's got somebody perfectly capable at the other end who could have added another 50, 60 runs and gives his bloody wicket away so it was pretty much a perfect day of basketball and I would just say uh, Andy's Zoltzman gave us some great stats the average opening partnerships Vic you'll love this average opening partnership in the series 39 which doesn't sound like a lot last Ashes series here it was 19 amazingly and I think the one before that, it was even twelve. So
1: that's because uh, David Warner was getting out first over every time last time. Yeah, well, but also, <laughs>
2: also because opening the batting in England is quite difficult. And actually, both openers, both both sets of openers, have gone about their work very differently. England have got at a decent average, but lost their first week quite quickly. But going fast, and Australia have <laughs> bored the living shit out of us, which is a, a terrific contrast in styles. And uh, so the day followed a bit of the pattern that we come to expect. From, uh, yeah,
1: uh, it, we discussed before the series started whether Australia would get dragged into trying to out-Basball-Basball, but they haven't. They've gone about it their own way. Vic, I mean, obviously it's the first time we spoke to you on this podcast and Daniel often compares Basball to a cult. Have you drunk the Kool-Aid? Are you invested <laughs> in, this, in this cult?
0: Uh, I, I am invested in it, but I'm quite surprised. This England team, they like fielding more than any other side I've come across. I mean, bowlers traditionally, and I, 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 was, I was an all-rounder, but bowlers, they treasure their hours in the dressing room. And they might be quite satisfied with 283, but they've only got 56 overs to put their feet up. I mean, the bowlers' union must be up in arms.
2: They don't seem to mind, though, do they? I mean, look, it's well, a thought experiment. You, well,
0: that's you. the other thing about bad You can't really criticise it, otherwise um, you are sent to purgatory. Oh. Um <laughs> that's that's a, an element of it that is slightly disturbing. Essentially, I don't like the word basketball much, but I mm. like the way they play. But there are one or two occasions where I think, hang on a minute, you could have done something a bit better. Not so much today, but earlier in
2: the series. We always say um, that. Uh, but let me just give you a little thought experiment. If England had experiment. a thought experiment. So if so England had been put in at the start of the, start well, of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're going to say. And if they are bowled out the last ball of the day for 283, we're going, they've not done badly there, have they? They were put in, they've got a pretty decent, pretty decently there. And yet because they were bowled out in 54.4 overs, it feels profligate.
0: Is that, is that our know, problem? You, no, that is true. I'm actually I think that we could probably behave a bit better than we all thought it would. So that maybe 283 is not par. But at the start, at 11 o'clock, 283 might have been par. I think by about 12 o'clock, 356 was passed. Oh, 356. Wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, it's Australia's day. Yeah. And, uh, in, you know, England's poor bowlers who spend all their time <laughs> bowling who can, are likely to have a full day in the field tomorrow, in which case, you know, then England will go out and they'll get 400 in about 62 overs. Yeah. And Australia will knock them off in about 110 overs. Job done. And we'll be
2: done by Sunday. Well, have a lovely day off. Well, I'm I'm going on. I'm going tomorrow night. Oh, you're going, going tomorrow to... night anyway. So <laughs>
0: it's you. It's been a compelling series, and also, do you remember? You're so young. Probably both of you. Well, he's, Are, he's how old do you think he is? Look well, at it. Well, he's what the, very what do you young. What do you reckon? I don't have know. a guess. Twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. I just remembered a film called with Jane Fonda called "They Shoot Horses, Don't, don't they? they?" Sydney Pollock, Yeah, the, when they die. That's the film, and basically all the competitors in this dance competition are exhausted. Mm. They're hanging on for dear life. And there's an element of this, especially now the adrenaline of an Ashes deciding test has disappeared. So you've got Australia dropping lots of catches. England, it reminded me a bit of Jimmy Anderson bowling to David Warner. Mm. Right at the end, they both look a bit exhausted. They've both been terrific, great players, and yet, Jimmy couldn't get Warner out. Warner couldn't get any runs. It was a rather sad little passage of pain. Yeah. It's a very poignant way of looking at yeah, it. Well, I expect this
2: this podcast needs a bit more point. Well, it does. It does. And can <laughs> I just exactly also say that what this, podcast, what this podcast also needs is, is more of, and I think for the first time in this podcast history, somebody on it, who says to me, you're too young to remember. <laughs> because... Yeah. From a live record, <laughs> that was yeah. right at the
0: beginning of the 70s. It's
2: please. a dance competition, and uh, they, they effectively just, like, dance until they drop. It's a, it's uh, a dance-off bomb, isn't it? Yeah, I England it's, bowl it's, it's, it's got a 7.8 on IMDb,
1: so it's it's quite well-rated. I'm looking it's got 7.8 on IMDb. It's a seminal film, mate. It's a seminal film. I told them about Dr. the other day. They'd never heard of it. Can you believe they're young. Well, um, speaking of actually your um, your young age, Daniel Norcross, I don't suppose you saw the pictures of Brad Pitt at uh, Wimbledon the other day. Oh, right, he's older so, than me. So <laughs> Brad Pitt is five years older than Daniel Norcross, which I think <laughs> I think is exciting, Daniel, because that you know now what you're going to look like in five years time. That must be pleasing. <laughs> well, you never know; that is
2: possible. Can I can I say a couple of words about about? Um, uh, in support of what Vic said because the, the catching today was woeful from Australia and they, they looked a little bit, all of them looked a bit exhausted. They looked a bit shell-shocked as well that having got, they thought, the better of the toss then to see Jess Johnson look alike, Ben Duckett charging down the wicket and smashing the ball back at them and then Harry Brook playing the shots that he does play and yet at the same time they know that they just wait longer. They will get out. So they, they've got the kind of get out clause whereas i think for england where it might get a bit awkward tomorrow is kawaja is never sated kawaja can can defend and leave balls in a a perfect world he'd do it for two days if he could yeah that's true but
0: also the other factor of today i think i mean harry brooke got you can criticize his dismissal but he got 80 odd that's fine in 91 balls the problem today from an england perspective is that they're oh god they're 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 bankers yeah, and there were a lot of bankers actually here. That's why the atmosphere was so flat. <laughs> oh, root, <laughs> best uh, Stokes, yep. got about a dozen runs between them. So mm. in that sense, it's a big plus for England. They've got yep. two hundred eighty-three, and their three oh. most experienced players yeah. have not contributed.
2: No, that is, that's that's the plus side of it. Yeah, yeah the, the, I like the, the negative. Positive, yeah. You know, we... the negative side of it is that I've got a little worry about Joe Root, who's undeniably, I think. Best England batter I've ever seen. He's a man who never seems to be quite out of form. I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he bats. But I'm starting to notice that because he's got this prevailing shot that makes feel better, which is this guide down through backward point or the order that deep third region. If there's just a little bit more bounce or there's a little bit more pace in the wicket, we saw it at Headingley, can't quite play that shot with impunity. And he tried it here, and this wasn't a really quick pitch, but it was probably quicker. Certainly than Edgebaston, and Lords, and probably El Trafford. He sort of gets out with the ball, just bouncing, not quite how he expects, or coming onto his bat a little bit quicker than he expects. I think Stokes got a good one. Bearstow played a horrid shot to get out, but he's been bowled so many times. These things happen. But you've got to, got to give it to Wokes and Wood, haven't you? I thought they at 212 for seven, England could have been bowled out for 235, and that would have looked horrible. But actually, there's some very entertaining yeah, stuff. Yeah. And Moe Nally. Nally. Wasn't this intriguing? He was playing properly. Was playing as a proper number number three, a 10 off 29 or something. Tweaks a groin. And his response to that is not to go off, get patched up and come back later. I think he's realised his groin's going to stiffen up. He might as well swing for the hills. And he does. And it was kind of it was kind of great, really, because it just, that <laughs> epitomises Basball. There's a clarity of mind to what they do there. They go, this is the situation. Oh, sod it. I'd have to go after it. And they do it with freedom. And it, that was the moment actually when the crowd did get going a bit, but he planted one out near Archbishop Tennyson's uh, and it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was it was an intriguing day and it sets it up nicely for the rest of the test. There's lots that I could go through, but it's only an Ashes daily. We haven't got 45 minutes. But um, one thing I do want you to do for me, Daniel, is tomorrow I want to know Carrie's stats pre and post that incident at Lords Because he's had a crap series ever since that happened. And he dropped a catch today as well. So I want to know his wicket-keeping and batting stats pre and post that incident, please. That's your homework. Well, do you know,
2: the other one to go with that is Cameron Green, because he was the bowler. Well, you could also also assume Pat Cummins, actually. And Pat Cummins, but with Green, it's even more off a cliff because he bowled that ball, then became apparently very surprised uh, slightly upset by the reaction of the england crowd and he started this series as this the player that made this great australian team whole the idea being that you know finally they've got a really good bowling and batting all-rounder I mean, you can't really distinguish which one of his of his skills is better suddenly they've got four seamers and a spinner well, they lost Nathan Lyon and they lost Cameron Green because he just went AWOL straight after that incident. So he and Kerry, yeah, I'll, I'll check him out for you. I will speak for but One thing, one fact from today that I'm going to give you, which is an absolute beauty. In the entire history of Test cricket, only one six-ball over has ever been dotless in the first 10 overs of a Test match, right? Yeah, that was in so. the ICC versus Australia match, bowled by Freddie Flintoff to Hayden and Ricky Ponting. In this match today, there were two consecutive dotless overs in the first 10. Duckett and Crawley hits runs off every ball for 15 balls running. That is absolutely nuts. They were assisted, slightly by the field placing. But in the whole history of Test cricket, that's only happened once before. It had happened twice today in consecutive overs.
1: That just about sums it up, doesn't it? Well, I'll see you tomorrow, Daniel. Vic, thank you very much for joining us and bringing some much-needed poignancy and decorum <laughs> to this podcast. And age and wisdom. <laughs> More
0: age than wisdom. Okay,
2: well, Wait. it's
1: been an uh, absolute thrill. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's a bucket
2: list item
1: for it. him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can tick this off. Uh, right, you go and enjoy some uh, some refreshments on the, on the balcony at the Oval. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.